Thank you, Mario. But our princess is in another castle. Boombas, Shy Guys, and Pixel Pirates there apart. This is Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Oodles, the Deep Cover Gecko. And joining me today, it's Biggie Pro Skater 2. <laughs> yes, I'm not last. <laughs> also, we have Dance Dance Candy Revolution. <laughs> Hello. We also have International Superstar Stig 1998. Up the Reds, two down, two to go. And no, you last, started them off. And last but not least <laughs> is my Final Fantasy. It's Gadget. Oh, <laughs> Aren't you canny? Yeah. Before we get into the show, please consider becoming one of our sexy and incredibly cool patrons to help us divide and conquer the podcast world. Details are in the show notes. And mainly check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content and links to everything we do. And now... It's time for our oldest segment of the show. It's biggest breaking news as of last week. <laughs> Good evening. Here is the news. Uh, EA and FIFA officially end their partnership in relation to what we talked about briefly last week. FIFA oh, no. will now be called, wait for it, EA Sports FC. Yes. <gasps> Isn't that sound great? Oh, rules um, off the yeah, top. That's... Everyone will still call it FIFA. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. And even FIFA said we're going to come out with our own game now called FIFA. Just, imagine, and it'll be the imagine, best, they said. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine if FIFA like, go to like Konami and go, hey, you guys make a football game. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? No, they need to just give the FIFA franchise to Mario so Nintendo can make it. It'd be cool. <laughs> Mario in a lead stop. <laughs> Proper Mario football Incredible. game. <laughs> So moving on, um, like a vagina, 3D modelled for the very first time, fans <laughs> have shared their confusion at Madonna's newly unveiled 3D model of, yes, her vagina, which features a fully new collection of non-fungible tokens. I just don't know where to go with this. The pop singer um, partnered with uh, an artist called Beeple to produce a trio of NFT videos. And basically it's a, a a model of a woman who doesn't actually particularly look like Madonna. It has blonde hair, but facially it doesn't look like anything like her. But yes, she's no, uh, sat in the... <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, she sat lying down as if she's about to give birth and the camera pans, and yes, you get a great view of this modelled vagina, and then the tree comes growing out of it. Um, and other stuff, all about creation and technology and all this kind of rubbish. It's very weird, very creepy. And I guess if anything comes out the other end, that'll be her latest project as well. Oh. But, uh, yeah, uh, have you guys seen it? I have deliberately I avoided to. looking at it. I've seen the news story. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard of it, and I'm, I'm kind of out already. I'm out. <laughs> keep you know, it that I, way. It's much worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's anything Although to do with NFTs, I'm out in general, but the last thing I want to see is, is, is her... 
<laughs> Quite frankly, Madonna with a themes. fucking Go Yggdrasil coming out of her vagina. No, thank you. Is this where the Erd tree comes from? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Jesus Christ, disgusting. Do you think it's actually hers or she's used a fanny model? It, it, no, she'll oh, have used a fanny model. She, she, won't, she won't have had any connection to it other than putting her name to it I and waiting that, to receive I a love check. That there's, a, there's a thing called a fanny model as if that's a fucking job. <laughs> I, I think she is mad enough to have done that. I actually think she's actually modelled it on herself. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't oh, think anybody needs to... to see that. You're the 60s now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, well, must yeah. Be. Prob- yeah, probably late 60s by now. Her vagina's probably fucking haunted by this point. She's not late 60s. Surely. 63. 63? Yeah. I stand corrected. Born in 1958. I mean, even so. Next! <laughs> Probably looks like a dropped lasagna. Uh, Bethesda's <laughs> highly anticipated Starfield has been delayed for this year and will now launch into the first half of 2023, which everybody knew was happening. There's a guy yeah, on the this show person. that called it on I the show. It on the he show. Said the and date. Everyone's like, no, no, it'll come out. It'll come out. Yep. Nah. I truly thought it was going to come out on the day that they said, purely because they, I mean, they put it in the trailer. That is as final as final can get, I think. But it's it's worrying for Xbox, isn't it? Because now they don't really have anything coming out this year of notes. Nothing's got yeah, anything a delay coming for out. Redfall. What was what was Redfall? I don't actually know anything about that. The, it was like dead. the vampire thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was um, from Arcane. So, um, but there was only like one trailer reveal. It was like a five-minute kind of cutscene kind of trailer. No gameplay revealed of it yet. So, like, I never expected Redfall to come out this year, even though they said it would. I was more, incl- but even then, like Starfield, we haven't really seen any gameplay of Starfield. We've just seen concept art and cutscene stuff. So, well, I would have assumed the showcase that they're doing in June would have get would have been like the big reveal, but possibly not. Then we all know what Starfield's going to look like. You're going to wake up. It's going to like. Wake up, pilot, and you're going to be on a little space wagon, <laughs> rolling down the hill, asking which province you're from, and then a dragon's going to attack. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's just big... Skyrim reskinned, but with spearsmen. Yeah. yeah, probably will be. That's all just it another is. way they can get Skyrim out there. Yeah, and when you jump, you jump a little bit higher. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what the, what the Xbox showcase has um, in June, because, I mean... the. They've still got stuff like the Outer Worlds 2 and Avowed that need release dates. Um, Grounded has been in beta for over a year now, but I guess that one doesn't count. Uh, Scorn as well. Scorn's been kind of like... Mm. Off I don't the, want to play off. that. That's disgusting. Oh, it, it looks absolutely gross. I, I can't like wait to play it. It's like the foreskin game, isn't it? Where everything's like got foreskins on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, you're not wrong at all. But yeah, so... They don't really have many, and obviously Stalker 2 was delayed because of the thing, which yeah. we don't mind. They can take yeah. as long as they need with that. Take time. Um, yeah, so yeah, you're right, Kenny. It does kind of leave them in a bit precarious position because there's no real kind of tentpole releases. Mm, the like, thing is that, you know, there's, there's lots of people saying, oh, you know, we don't want another repeat of Cyberpunk, but Cyberpunk was delayed plenty and it still came out in that state. <laughs> But yeah, I think if, you know, Phil Spencer he actually went to, the, to Bethesda the day before that this was announced. So obviously they had a chat about it. And I just wonder how he's feeling after they spent all that money for, you know, for Bethesda's first, um, f- for their AAA titles. And it's kind of backfired a little bit. Like this is not off to a great start for them. I mean, on the flip side, Halo 
had the same problem, didn't it? It was delayed, and then eventually, maybe after somebody looked at it and the internet went all off about how it looks, and they've revisioned, and it's come out all right from what you guys said. Yeah, sure the trailer, and it looked people awful. People haven't stopped playing it, have they? No, people have stopped playing it massively. I know. No one's playing Halo anymore <laughs> <laughs> because 343 dropped the ball on the multiplayer. Exactly. <laughs> Next. Okay. Moving on, uh, June have announced the um, for the sequel, or part two, whatever you want to call it, um, and a few of the members of the cast joining them. Uh, we've got Florence Pugh and Austin Butler amongst some of the newcomers, and Christopher Walken as well. Yes. Gosh. Looking forward to that. Yes. Do you know as well, um, do you know Christopher Walken? Remember he was in that Fat Boy Slim track? Yeah. Yep. And the lyric is, if you walk without rhythm, you won't attract the worm. Yep. Yeah. That's from June. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yep. So it's kind of a cool little circle, you know. It's nice. all coming together. Weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, I'm excited for it. So yeah, Chris Paul Walken's going to play uh, the Emperor. Um, yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh, she's clearly going to be Princess Irulan, and then Austin Butler's going to be probably he's going to be Fade. Elvis. Uh, <laughs> this is my daughter, Princess Irulan. It's a Mulan. I hit the spice of my ass. You're almost in Mario. I know, I know. I can see, I can hear it slipping away. Then. That's who could play Mario. The best well, for Walken. Walken. <laughs> to me, <I'm> Mario. <laughs> and, um, for for the people that were watching after the football yesterday, um, Sam Ryder did an incredible performance for the Eurovision. A best if one I'm in about football, years, I think someone said. 30 yes. years. Like 1991 was the last time we came anywhere high, anywhere that high, wasn't it? What position did the what position I, did it the said 20 years in? on the article, so... Oh, fair enough. Second. Sam Ryder came second. second. I think it's been about yeah. three years since we got any points at all. Who won? Uh, Ukraine. Was it good, or was it, like, we, we, Sam we were standing with your points? No, I'm on about the Ukraine. Was it good, or were we like, we're all solidarity? It was, it, was, it was on the public vote which got them to win, so it was, it was very much a solidarity vote. But Good. even then, it, does, it doesn't matter. It's still, you know, no, no. fair power to them. So really, Your this Sam Ryder never guy, mattered. Just, I'm just you saying, should um, watch Spain's song, Oodles. Why? That's also. It? That's also just watch Spain's Is it song. sexy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sexy, night. depending on your uh, point of view, uh, David Tennant and Catherine Tate are returning to Doctor Who. Um, but I don't watch it, so I've no idea um, if that's good or bad. I mean, their season together was really good. A lot of fun. I thought we've got a new Doctor Who. Well, no, it, it, so it's next year's the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, so they'll be doing like a... Oh, so it'll be a big special. Big special, Doctor's Crossing Timelines, all that kind yeah, of yeah. thing. I, th- I think a lot of people okay. see him as like one of, if not the best Doctors. So... Certainly, the last time I watched it, Doctor Who fans would be buzzing for it. I reckon Tom Baker for every time. The the fiftieth anniversary special, which was the one where you had Matt Smith uh, and David Tennant together, that was fucking brilliant. That was like that was really good. That one because the two of them just riffed off each other so well. So it'd be interesting to see what he does coming back with it. I say I will watch it, but happy for Doctor Who. No, neither will I. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Uh, something I'm mega excited about very quickly, Dead Space, um, the remaster, remake, whatever they're doing with it, just looks really cool, and that's out in uh, January 2023, so we're looking forward mm, to looking that. looking forward to that. Yeah, is it? Is it? 
can't trust a oh, game. Don't start. Oh, yeah. Don't do yeah. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they seem confident. They just announced out. that, so I guess it will be. Um, I'm, I'm just Resident waiting for Evil. Dead Space 3. Oh, sorry. Dead Space 3 <laughs> remake, please. The gadget and Stig can play it again. <laughs> I'm kind. Of, I'm, I'm kind of hoping with the June Xbox thing that the um the the Callisto project gets a release date because I, I imagine if the both of them came out in uh, January, that looked more like Dead Space, didn't it? <laughs> well, it was by the people who made Dead Space. It was by the people who yeah. were part of Visceral Games. So imagine if the two of them came out in January together. That would be a mint month. That oh, oh yeah, two lots of that. Yes, please. Uh, speaking <laughs> of horror, Resident Evil TV trailer came out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to go down Who knows? <laughs> no, I mean, I've been watching the Halo series, and it's a massive departure from the games, the, the lore, the canon. It's still Some the character, kicking off about it. I'm actually quite enjoying it, and I'm not really caring about it taking that kind of its own path. So, But when I see the Resident Evil trailer, and them taking their own path with using the licenses and names and characters and models and enemies... It just looks more like it just looks like the films again, just shit. Yeah, but the, the thing is, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not slagging off Halo in any sense whatsoever. But Resident Evil's got a vast law. I know Halo has; it's got books and stuff. But Resident Evil's, you could just pluck that out and make a show of it. Literally, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, I on one hand, I'm really enjoying a show that's doing its own thing. And on yeah. the other hand, I'm yeah. seeing this other show doing its own thing, but one just looks fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm quite enjoying it. Really it really does. <laughs> it really does. As as a concept, it looked bullshit. About the point in the trailer where it came up with a text on screen saying uh, a "New Raccoon City," I was like, "Nope, nope, fuck off, nope, not having <laughs> no, it." <laughs> Why would you move in? A, it got nuked. Nuked. Spoiler for a god, a twenty odd year old game. The town got nuked. Um. And t- it's just like it's this, this isn't Akira. You can't just like put new one in the front of it. And be like, yeah, I'll do. <laughs> the um, that's fucking there's, stupid. There's, there's, it's that kind of CGI shot of like the umbrella facility in New Raccoon City, which is shaped like the umbrella logo. And I'm betting there was someone in the production office going, "Mate, mate, imagine if we did this. The fans will love it." <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd actually think of one. I wish they called it Neo Raccoon City. <laughs> <laughs> The Resident Evil Akira crossover that we all wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking And finally, <clears throat> moving on, uh, the Snyder fans bought bots to rig the Oscar votes. Stiggy's got more in this one. Are you surprised? Is anyone surprised by this? No, of the, course not. Uh, They're fucking insane. The Army of the Dead won the, f- the fan favourite film, and the best cheer moment of the year was the Flash entering the Flash speed above... <laughs> things like Endgame or Time Force. No, it wasn't even Endgame. Was it? I thought that was even a, 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 a the Spider Man. Sorry, yeah, yeah stuff it was that it happened in Spider Man. Yeah, so apparently that wasn't cheer worthy. But yeah, the Flash entering the Speed Force or what? I don't know what it is. Speed Force, Time Force. It's all the yeah. same. Shite. That wasn't it, that, that never even registered when I watched that film. That wasn't even the most cheer worthy yeah. moment in the film. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, apparently the um, twenty five thousand or so extra f- um, votes just appeared right before the ceremony or so, some of the, something like that. Where, and it turns out that lots of bots did the Twitter vote. But yeah, again, are you, are you surprised? Really? No, nope. Because they're mad. No. <laughs> because they couldn't have uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League wasn't eligible for fan favorite, 
So all of a sudden, land of the they all go. Oh, we'll, we'll you know we'll support him and we'll vote for land of the uh, army of the dead instead. It's crap. It's a crap film. And if that wins <laughs> the fan favorite, you know for a fact that they've just been out there in the drills. Zombies having babies on it. Like yeah, it's it's not a good film. So it was just quite funny. I just put it in there because I thought it was quite funny that they go to the lengths of buying all those bots just to try and get uh, him a fake Oscar. This is not a real one. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Is that the news? That's it. And over to Oodles for our story of the day. That's <laughs> not story of the day at all. It's time for the Nexus. <laughs> so I'm going to start this, kick this off. Not, not a super long one, but I've been playing a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Because I am a gamer now. I'm a gamer now. I've been playing Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. I bet you've been um, chugging G Fuel and eating uh, Doritos while you've been doing it as well. No, 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 no. Peanuts. Is that allowed? Is that a gamer snack? No, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. They're all right for you. Non-salted ones as well. I like them. I like the monkey ones, the monkey nuts. I like them ones. They're so good. Pistachios. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, um, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a... Uh, a really old uh, MMO, but it got like, I think it got nuked or like yeah. destroyed, and then they came back. The original version of it was dreadful by all accounts, like loads of server issues, not interesting gameplay, terrible story, that kind of thing. And then mm. it was in danger of dying, so Square Enix said, all right then, and they literally killed the game and came back a year later with yeah, The Realm Reborn, and it was good. In the game, they dropped a meteor on the world, and inside the meteor was a dragon, <laughs> it just destroyed the world. So just in case the meteor and doesn't kill everyone, there's a dragon to finish Yeah, <laughs> just to get when that happens. I did, it it's the worst. fucking bad. They show, you the, they show you the cinematic at the beginning of the game, and it's like, oh wow, imagine being there as a, as a player. I bet you didn't see that, though. I bet it was just a black screen, wasn't it? You'd be disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I've started playing that. Uh, I'm an archer slash um, bard. And I'm now level 30 of my up to level 63 trial. So you can say I've put quite a few hours into this. I don't know how many. I haven't checked. Um, it's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's very clicky. Um, mm. I've, I've plugged in my mouse to play it because I just think, and, <laughs> and keyboard. I just think it's a little bit easier that way. I'm playing it on PS5, but that, it's just not good on a controller at all. There's too many, like, Buttons. You have to do some like finger gymnastics just to play the fucking thing. Yeah, I try. I really struggled with that. I, I tried it so, about three, four years ago, and I just it didn't quite click. Maybe that was before the meteor struck. I think it must have been because I think I would have remembered a meteor with a dragon in it coming out. I think. <laughs> yeah. But then I don't. Re- I don't remember that being. I th- I'm sure I would have read about it, but no. Like there was a time where I was looking like actively looking for an MMO to play. And I ended up with mm. ESO, but I, I gave Final Fantasy a good go. Um, but yeah, it just mm. didn't quite click. It was the fact that all your skills kind of just go off when they want. Yes. Just um, there's, no, there's no like real rhyme or reason. It's, just, it's, so, it's, it's so, just a countdown, isn't it? There's a cooldown and it just yeah, pops off again. Cool so down. I, I just struggled got, a little bit with that. You've got but, unlimited um, like MP, but you just got to wait while the coolers. It's, it's, it's good. I, I've made friends on it. I've got actual human friends and we talk and we go through dungeons and laugh and talk have you joined um, a guild yeah i've joined a guild yeah 
Is it good enough for you to pay for it, though, once your free trial finishes? I don't know yet. <laughs> I've still got <laughs> 30 more levels to decide. Uh, yeah, the main thing I want to talk about, though, imagine another game. Imagine, think Cowboy Bebop plus Real Steel divided by Gundam in a um, narrative-heavy RPG. And so you'll get virginity, the then? <laughs> Absolutely. You'll get the game Wolfstride. Now, this game is fucking incredible. Let me read the synopsis for you. So, this is, this is their own synopsis. Get wrecked in this immature, grown-up RPG about a trio of troublemakers stumbling their way through a giant mecha tournament, repair and upgrade the team's hand-me-down rigs, pick up odd jobs to pay the bills, and battle the best of the best, all while running from the regrettable choices of the past. Wolfstride is a role-playing game about three former partners in crime coming to a turning point in their lives when they inherit a junkyard mecha called Cowboy. They reunite to enter the planet's most elite mecha competition, the Ultimate Golden Guard Tournament. This game is fucking amazing. It's more... um, It reminds me of parts of Ace Attorney, you know, with the chatter and the... Not the objection bits, but the multiple... Choices in dialogue and stuff like that. Massive transformer lawyers. They're, they're, they're basically, yeah. So the real steel aspect is you, you, you play as what's his name? He's so cool. He looks incredible. Um, sorry, my Google thing just went off. Then Shh, shut up, Google. You cow. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> you play as um, three characters. You've got Knife Leopard, Jack of All Trades. Like he, he can do everything. You've Dominic Shade. He basically is like Spike from um, Cowboy Bebop. He's got a cig in his mouth and his suit on, skinny. And a dog called Duke. Um, yeah, actually Duke, not Duke. So I can say it like that because it's spelled the French way. <laughs> I uh, Duke, and he's an anamorphic dog because in this world, there are humans and there are also animals as well. Do you know the uh, anthropomorphic versions of them where they're like stood up on two legs? and So furries. just... Yeah, a little bit like that. <laughs> the, the best way to describe it to people is because the whole game's in black and white and it's got such a cool like anime slash cowboy bebop um, manga, as in the books, not the, not, the, um, not the series or anything like TV that. Show. Yeah, not the TV shows. So the best way to like show how it is is for people to look at the actual YouTube trailer of it because it's fucking... <laughs> It's one of those things you take one look at and you go, oh, shit, I want to play that now. Because th- there, are, th- th- there are battles in it, but it's the robot against the robot. And it's not like a battle scene like on like Final Fantasy or Pokemon or anything like that. It's more, yeah, there you look at that. Look at it. Look at that. <laughs> nice. Get ready till you see the characters. It's all hand-drawn and stuff. And rather than like, you just tell the mechs what to do. You don't control the mechs or anything like that. And then, obviously, in the that's Duke. That's your boy, uh, Knife Pineapples. And that's the boy. There's Shade. Look at him. It's so fucking good. You like you can walk around the world. You can do like um, Yakuza style side quests. You know, side missions and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just so fucking badass. I, I got it on the uh, Switch for £11. It's, it's only just come out on Switch, but it's been on the uh, 
Steam store for a while now. I think it's mostly positive by the looks of things. Uh, yeah, mostly and very positive. Yeah, yeah. Eleven ninety nine. That's what I paid on Switch as well. So there's no Switch tax on it. It's just so fucking good, guys. It's super good. I know you guys might not be into that kind of thing, but if you like narrative heavy games where choices mean things and just cool and slick, it's it's got Akira vibes to it in in the city that's like built up a, a, over another city, a bit like Raccoon City too. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just. It's just really sick. The soundtrack's incredible. The soundtrack's available on Spotify as well, and it's super cool. It's it's got like jazz infused uh, rock and stuff like that. It's, oh, it's just so fucking badass. Slick, stylish. I love it. It's. I don't think it's too long either. I think it's about ten hours long. Ten hours long, which is perfect, isn't it? So pick it up. Next, we will move on to Biggie. Uh, yeah, so this week um, I went for my third rewatch of The Wire. Just love that show so much. Um, watch I just something else. Loved it all over again. It's so good. Uh, so yeah, I've been watching that. But um, really, the only s- other thing. There's a new Sorry, show not. coming up. There's a new show coming up by the same people who did The Wire. It's meant to be really good. Oh, is there? Yes, it stars uh, John Bernthal. Um, we own this town. I think it's called. Oh, cool. We own this I'll city. Be that out, then. Yeah. Oh, they should have called it the plug. Yeah, we own this city set in its Baltimore Police Department. Um, Gun Trace Task Force attempts to fulfill its duty one, navigating through the city's corruption. By the same Sounds good. The Wire. Yeah, it's definitely one that yeah, I'm yeah. to check out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the only other thing I've been doing is I had a, a quick bash on uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Uh, if you like Star Wars, you're going to love this game, basically. It's by um, the, uh, I was going to say Telltale. It's Traveller's Tales, Travel- isn't it? Traveller's Tales. Traveller's Tales. Games. Telltale's the other ones, isn't it? Yeah. TC Games, sorry. Um, and yeah, it's it was delayed for a while um, and then finally released. And it it's delayed looked, for fucking looks, ages. Looks really, really good. Um, that's on it. It's fantastic. The only thing I don't like straight straight off the bat is um, you can choose out of um, the New Hope or you can go and do the Phantom Menace. They're sort of the main two choices that you can start with. So I thought I'd just start with Phantom Menace. And you go is in. Is it your favourite? And st- <laughs> No. Uh, I just want to start <laughs> from in a row. You know, like follow it. You said it on the show. It is your favourite show. Your favourite no, um, film. Never have. Um, <laughs> lies. Did. But um, you start off as Qui Gon Jinn, and his hair is really shiny. I don't understand why. Because um, he's made of plastic. To do with... <laughs> it's called conditioner. <laughs> no, but overly shiny as opposed. Because he's to... made of plastic. Have you seen Lego hair? It's shiny plastic. Just trust me. It looks too. You ever much. stroke the hair of a Lego man? <laughs> <laughs> this is what they do in these like. <laughs> this is what they do in these Lego games. They, they they overdo things for to take the piss, don't they? Like, I've seen some. Some of the jokes that have come from the cutscenes in this Lego thing, and it, some of it sounds great, especially when you're walking around. Don't they have the yeah, running? I've seen that. I've seen it. I've seen it on TikTok where they have the running joke words. You know, in uh, A New Hope, when that stormtrooper bangs his head on that thing. In every single yeah. level, there's a stormtrooper that bangs his head on the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that. Somewhere in the background, you might even miss it, but I'm I'm bang into that. There's a great sound where um, there's a scene where. Qui-Gon Jinn jumps on Jar Jar Binks to save his life as it does in the movie. But as the um, 
the ground uh, traveling machine, whatever it is, goes over his head. It clonks his head, and as it does, it's, it goes dong, dong, da dong, 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 and keeps hitting his head, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, the, the, the jokes are silly, but you, you just end up just smiling your way through the game. You know, the the, the combat's pretty cool. Um, the sound effects are all there doesn't for the it, Star Wars Doesn't it have the more of an all-over-the-shoulder um, gameplay to it now with the shooting and stuff? It, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean... Uh, you can um, again. I've only done the first level of this one, but you can throw your lightsaber. So you have to target it first, then chuck the lightsaber. Yeah. Um, there's lots of different moves, but it, it just looks so good from that point of view. The sound effects are great. Um, it is Lego. If you play the Lego games before, you know exactly what you're getting with this. You can build little things to uh, solve certain puzzles to get through the area. They're, they're not brain numbing puzzles. They're very easy. It's designed for you just to enjoy. Um, and then I guess once you finish the main part of the game, then you get all that free play stuff. We can bring in other characters to go to areas you couldn't before. Yeah, the open world levels. Re- yeah, re. Have you not invited your game. wife to play along with you? Hell no! I want to enjoy the game. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. If if you like that kind of thing, it's the same as Marvel superheroes, uh, DC stuff. It's it's all very similar style gameplay, but the production is a massive step up. I have to say. But yeah, really cool. cool. I do recommend it. So Into far. it, brilliant. Excellent. Thank you very That's much. Me. Candy. I saw an absolute banger of a film this week. Um actually before mm-hmm. I say that, I, I started because thanks to Biggie, I um started playing Fallout Three again, reignited my love for Fallout. Yeah. Already been to uh Megaton, been fucked over by that guy at the bar. Been great. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, the main thing. I went to see everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm so glad I got that title right. I was worried. Um, but the title really is, it's an accurate description of what the film is, basically. What, what is it? Yeah, it, well, I'm still wondering myself. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's written by Dan, Qua, Dan Kwan and Daniel Shinert. Sorry, I forgot that wrong. The Daniels, exactly. So they're the writers uh, responsible for Swiss Army Man, which we also mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, so it stars Michelle Yu. Known for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Jamie Lee Curtis, needs no introduction really. Kate Hugh Kwan, who played Short Round in Indiana Jones, and James Hong, He's who's back. been acting since the 50s. He's back. He's back, baby. He's back, baby. Um, He's but yeah, back if you from if... the Temple of Doom. <laughs> um, so he's more recent. Uh, this is going back to James, James Hong. He's more recently been in um, Turning Red, Kung Fu Panda, RIPD, and Big Trouble in Little China, most importantly. Oh, great um, film, that RIPD. <laughs> it's, it's worth noting actually that this is uh, Kei Kwan's first acting role since his roles in The Goonies and Indiana Jones and as a kid um, he left acting does he still um, does he oh, what was that thing he did in... oh no I'm thinking of someone else ignore me <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was going to be funny he... but it's not him <laughs> You should have said it, it would have been more funny. No. Uh, he left acting due to there just not being enough opportunities for um, Asian actors at the time. And um, it's just such an amazing comeback for him. Um, you'd never know that he hadn't acted in the 30-odd years. Um, I will say that his voice is exactly the same as you remember it from uh, Indiana yep. Jones. It's like a small <laughs> really child. Like, it's literally like yeah. a small child. I was I taking heard an back. interview with him and it's just like, you can just tell that's him. It's, I absolutely... I doubled, Even though he's like 50 pay. now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's worked in the industry. He's stayed in the industry, done a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. quad- Still got a trench coat on with a boxing glove underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he keeps it on him all times. Keeps it on <laughs> just in case. Uh, so the story um, of everything revolves around the, a Chinese family. They own a, uh, a laundromat and uh, they live above it. So um, and they're currently being audited by the IRS. Um, Michelle Yeoh plays Evelyn Kwan and she's she's the main character and um, she's actually quite sort of a um, a flawed woman herself. Um, she's the head of the family. Um, they're in the, the marriage is sort of in the middle of a breakdown struggling to get connect with their daughter and um, also struggling to deal with the arrival of her father, who's there for um, Chinese New Year. And he's somewhat kind of disapproving of her life choices. And of course, they're being audited. Um, so the IRS, which I should mention, it's the American version of HMRC, if you don't know. So sometimes they'll randomly audit a company, but usually it's because um, the tax returns don't add up or there's seemingly something suspicious. Um, so they're under a super stressful situation. And I don't know if that turns it into a horror movie for some. That certainly sent chills up my spine. Um, but Jamie I've Lee actually Curtis... had that done to me. That's a separate oh, story. No, no, thank you. Oh, I dread that. Um, but anyway, Jamie Lee Curtis, absolutely amazing as always. So she plays the IRS officer that's dealing with Quan's case. And it's on the way to this meeting with her character that a multiversal element kicks in. And I'd like what? to say and then chaos ensues, but this is about 15 levels more chaotic than that. Like I said before, <laughs> Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is literally the perfect title for this film. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how to describe or, or to place it into a genre because it's equal parts kind of kung fu, sci-fi, and also a family drama. Um, and it's, it's just such an, original, <laughs> such, it's such an original... It's such an original concept and story the way the way they tackle the universe, the multiverse sorry um from the get-go is fun especially how they have to get from a to b um but behind all that it's like no emotion is left unturned it's it's hilariously funny at one minute and then the next scene it will be like super moving especially in like the, the relationship between evelyn and her daughter um the choreography in the fight scenes as well yes there's fight scenes too um it's just immense, and actually, it kind of it reminds me of um, some of the Jackie Chan movies where they actually get the props involved and just kick up chairs and throw them and all sorts. Michelle Yeoh's been doing it for years. She's yeah, awesome. Crouching Tiger She's, and everything. Uh, still doing it. Even and before that, she worked not... with Jackie Chan before. She's uh, yeah, really good. Even now, she does not miss a beat. That you know, you would never know that she's what you. Well, I mean, she's not an old actress, but by Hollywood standards, she's just absolutely incredible. Um, even Jamie Lee Curtis gets stuck into the fighting as well, which is uh, wow. interesting to see, but cool. She doesn't hold she has, back uh, either. taken down uh, Michael Myers multiple times. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That's a different mm, style of she, fighting. Has she, though? Has she, though? Has she, though? That's more long distance running over the amount of films that she's done, surely. Yeah. She was badass in True Lies, <laughs> from when she, yeah, we know she's, she's dancing good and she falls over. Um, but yeah, no, oh, God. <laughs> so... I mentioned props being used. Um, there's one scene um, in particular where a certain prop is used. That, um, it was actually sort of mentioned, it was focused on at the beginning of the film. I won't see what it is because, thanks. Um, but if you, you know go and see it, it you'll, know, you'll know what scene it is. Um, is it a dildo? I'm not saying. No. It's a dildo, guys. Not a dildo. Um, but I've, I've seen reviews say it's kind of like a scene from Jackass, and I can I can see why that comparison is made, put it that way. Um, 
Actually, now I come to mention it, it's one of the few films I've seen where people have actually walked out. There was a there was a couple that left actually maybe 10 minutes before that particular scene, and thank God they did, really. I'm not really sure what kind of film they're expecting, but evidently this was not <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I have seen it compared to The Matrix, so I can't actually see that comparison myself, um, but maybe that's what they went in thinking they were going to get, and it was really not um, that at all. That's the inspiration. Matrix, oh. the Fight Club. Yeah, they said that um, they were just watching late 90s films that they loved and came up with an idea. It's kind of based on the Matrix. I think it comes from the point of where she gets, where she's told to choose a path, go that way, and you'll just carry on, go that way, and in the setup. So, it, it, so that's kind of apparently where it comes from. Um, mm. I know very Even little, obviously, I've was... not seen it yet, but I've just it's just from the interviews and other podcasts I've listened to. There's nothing to wrong with it, though, if they it. do it right, is there? Oh, absolutely not. No, but I just, I just think if maybe too much focus have, has been put on it being the next Matrix or something, maybe that's the reason why these people didn't get the film they were expecting. So, yeah, um, yeah don't go in there thinking it's the next Matrix. It's, it's certainly nothing like Doctor Strange either, even though obviously it still deals with the multiversal stuff. Um, Does it handle the multiverse better than Doctor Strange? (laughs) Um, I think you would think so. Yeah. Good. It's just it's such a you can't even compare the two really. They're just it's chalk and cheese. You can't you can't compare it at all. Uh, So other than that, my only criticism really, um, I've noticed this has been a gripe of mine quite a lot recently. So I don't know if this is actually a me problem, but I think it was probably a little bit long. It could have been shorter towards the end. There's one scene um, that outstayed its welcome by about ten minutes. I think. But yeah, really loved it. Evidently, it's not for everyone. But I'd say just go in with an open mind and no preconceived ideas of what you think it is. Um, it's actually a really heartwarming story once you get past the multiverse and the kung fu and the googly eyes. There's lots of googly eyes. Um, sausage fingers. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention sausage that. Fingers. Yeah. <laughs> sausage fingers. Ah, that's in the posters. Don't worry about that. Oh, is yeah, it? Okay, yes. Yeah. That's what I used so, to call yeah. my uncle. <laughs> I, I am, fingers will enjoy it. I, I am desperate to see this film, and uh, based purely on word of mouth and what everyone I know said about it from uh, other podcasts, from people I know that friends who like love going to the cinema and stuff. It's already in IMDb's top two hundred and fifty. It's the highest ranked film on Letterbox of mm. all time. It's got but, like ninety eight percent on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah, well. it's crazy. I, I'm going to make time this week, this next week, to see it. So, I need to say I was it. the same. I was the same as you. I just went in purely word of mouth, but it's um it's on limited release at the moment. So from what I've heard, they are actually going to be releasing it a bit in in more and more theaters as the time goes on. But I'm not really sure exactly this because we were lucky actually. Um, it was just by pure chance I saw that it was on. I was just checking what was on this week, and it they had one showing um, on Tuesday night, so we went to see it, and actually. We almost didn't get to see it then because the f- this is the first time this has ever happened when I went to a cinema. We sat down and uh, one of the members of staff kind of shuffled in looking a bit suspicious and um, said that they'd somehow <laughs> they managed... doing cinemas. Sh- shuffling, <laughs> suspicious looking. But they, they somehow managed to break the film. And um, so we had to wait an extra 90 minutes. So it didn't actually start till about nine. So... 90 minutes? Yep. No wonder so you we thought just it was long. <laughs> I'd have fucking gone home. <laughs> That was an option, but we couldn't be asked. Uh, we got Fuck free snacks that. out of it, though. 90 minutes. Free snacks free and snacks drinks. Though. But... 
Anyway, the point is... Free snacks, no problem. The point is it didn't start till about nine o'clock, so we were already pretty frazzled. Like, we were already on a bit of a a, a sugar crash at that point. Come down because you've been popping ecstasy before the show. and Oh, it's kicked in early. No, that doesn't go well with the cinema. (laughs) I prefer to disco on that. But, um, yeah, if if I can watch it at nine o'clock at night on a sugar crash and still really, really enjoy it, you probably will too. Yeah. So, yeah, go see it if you can. Excellent, excellent. Stig? So, this week I have been listening to a new album. Uh, so I've been listening to Charlie Simpson's new album, Hope is a Drug. I was meant to go see him live this week. Unfortunately, he had to cancel due to personal reasons. No, That's all we've heard, really, so I don't, haven't really looked into it. it just, Let him have his privacy. Yeah, exactly. He's had to cancel, so hopefully it's nothing too serious. Uh, but yeah, this is his uh, fourth studio album. It's follow-up to his 2016 album, Little Hands. And... The last few of his albums have been kind of a mixture of acoustic and folk-style tracks. This one is more of a mixture of acoustic and, in some songs, synth-pop. So the majority of this was kind of produced in his home studio, which he built from scratch during lockdown. And uh, I think that's why this feels like his most personal album to date. I think being in lockdown probably gave him a lot of time to reflect on things. the songs and the lyrics are really confessional. They're really personal, uh, digging deep into all like, relationships. No, not right. More, more about the, no, not that. Uh, more oh. just di- digging deep into his old relationships, growing up with, in a single parent home. Um, it's a, the album closes with a song called Sliding Doors, which he kind of expresses his gratitude at all the tiny quirks of fear and you know the sliding doors moment if I'd have done this and this wouldn't have happened yeah, yeah, yeah. you know all that uh, obviously if you know who Charlie Simpson is he's he was originally came to fame from through Busted and he left that to go to start Fight Star and then this is his solo stuff it's a lot uh, I guess it's more now I know who he is yeah um, so yeah that kind of that song kind of you can tell it's singing about the decision to leave one of the biggest boy bands in the country at the time to go and start up a, you know, a rock band. Well, they were really big, busted then. Yeah, they were massive. Time, yeah, massive. Wow. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Like, he it's left a decision during to their me joining this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he left during their height of popularity. Really? Like to to fight because he's because he's always been a rocker and metalhead at heart, and he's just like this is I want to do. This my passion is this, and that's where he decided to start fight star and do that. And then he's obviously what, what, been Sean doing. Sean more busted, much more like pop, wasn't it? Busted's pop, like pure pop, yeah. Um, uh, like he's he's a listening stuff. Yeah, so he's been around the block on different like genres for sure. Hmm. Um, but this is yeah, I mean this is really easy listening stuff. It's like say it's all acousticy and and no with this with, al- with this album he's he's exploring like new sonic sounds with the uh, uh, vocoded vocals like alt pop synths uh, and then a lot of stripped back piano compositions like the, the majority of this album is probably just him with a piano or a guitar um but i, I cool. really love his vocal style he's got this real like, kind of like gruff raw sound to his vocals and when you kind of strip that all back with just him and a piano, I think it just sounds great. And like, it's a really personal and really moving album. I really enjoy it. I've been listening to it a fair bit. Um, it's just a shame that we didn't get to go see him, but 
things happen. You get a refund. Got a refund, yeah. Originally, it got cancelled and postponed because of the pandemic. And then mm-hmm. a week yeah. before that happened, he just said, unfortunately, he's had to pull out of his tour due to personal reasons. It and happens, mate. That kind of reminded me. I got that, that email and I had a little look on Spotify. I said, oh, his new album must be out by now if he's doing the tour. Uh, and sure enough, yeah, it came out at the end of April. Well, yeah, I've just, I've just been listening to that this week. Sound? It's very good. If you like acoustic things, some folky stuff in his old albums, just it's really yeah. easy listening. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I really like his stuff. Sounds a bit like Ben Howard, actually. Is that the one I that you he is. talked about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. Like, If you like that, Biggie, I'd give, it a, give, give him a go, see what you think. Yeah, I'll check it out. Is that you then, Stig? That's me. Perfect. Gadget. Uh, yeah, I have... Uh, well, this week I started watching The Expanse, finally. Number four episodes Ooh. in the first season. Really good. Really enjoying it. Apart from the fact I can't I'm not believe sure... you've, le- you've left it this long. <laughs> not, sure, not, sure, not sure I like the lad that the cast is holding, though. I kind of pictured him much older in my head when I was reading the books. You get used to it. Funnily, yeah. funnily enough, as the seasons go on, he gets older. Shock, shocking that. Shock, funny, so funny gets older all the time. <laughs> no, no, but he, 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 he does genuinely grow into the character. Funny enough, oh, yeah. actually, I oh, started yeah. the expand the final season of the Expanse this week. But I've watched one episode, so I didn't didn't see the point in talking about it. That's yeah. <laughs> good. Um, but the uh, the main thing I've been doing this week, I have been playing uh, Trek to Yomi, which came out on Game Pass this week. Done that too. You've done okay. that too. Um, this is a game made by I've lost who made it. Flying Wild Hog, who made the um, what did they make those? I want to say Shadow Run, but that's not it. Shadow Warrior, the re- the the recent versions of Shadow Warrior. It's good that. Been out. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, the Shadow Warrior one and two, they're good. Them. Yeah, I haven't played Shadow Warrior three yet. Though. That's supposed to be pretty good as well. Oh, um, now there was a three. Yeah, it came out about a month ago. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> They're good games now. They're, they're, they're just a daft shooters because you don't have to be good at shooting to play them. Yeah. <laughs> and believe uh, me, I'm not. Yeah, well, you might get a shock with the third one then. Uh, so oh. Tractor Yomi <laughs> is a, it's a side-scrolling kind of uh, samurai combat game heavily influenced by uh, old samurai films, especially like the kind of the Kurosawa style of films. It's entirely presented in black and white uh, or kind of grayscale. Very cinematic and very short. Uh, in the game, you play um, a samurai called Hiroku. Hiroku, yeah, who um, is the is the samurai for the village that he lives in, which is beset on in in the traditional Japanese film kind of standard. is set upon by bandits who kill everyone, and he has to go on a nice little revenge story. Unlike the unlike the classic samurai films, however, um, Yomi is the Japanese concept of an afterlife. This gets um, this gets a little bit Dante's Inferno. Oh, as you the nine circles of hell. Well, sort of. You have to go. The, the title track to Yomi with, is not a spoiler. You have a track to Yomi. You you die. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that is literally spoiler the point I'm up to. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you 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 have to ven- you have to venture into Yomi um to do things to get your revenge. And it gets a little bit spooky and supernatural, and uh, yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful game. And I'll say it up front, it's one of the best-looking games. Like, when you look at screenshots of it, the screenshots look beautiful, but when you see it in motion, like, every shot is um, is is very cinematically placed. 
So when you're when you're in combat, it's always side on, left or right. There's no jump in or kind of lateral movement. When you're not in combat, it tends to be a little bit like that Resident Evil fixed camera angle kind of exploring of the environment. Basically, you know when you're hitting combat because it goes side side on and he pulls a sword out. Um, the the game looks amazing in motion. Um, I put this down as maybe a six or a seven out of ten based on the fact that I think they've put so much time and effort into how it looks. They've kind of neglected a little bit of the gameplay. Um, I found it quite simplistic. Like the only boss I struggled with was the very last boss. I kind of breezed my way through it, and it, it, it took, I did it in two sessions. It took me about five hours to get through, which apparently is about the average for getting through the game. Um, but yeah, the, the combat is just kind of like you run up to guys, you press X, or, X a couple of times and kill them, move on to the next one. And as is tradition in samurai films, the guys come at you one by one. You never get ganked. <laughs> That's because of can respect. Have ten, and the- you can have ten enemies on the screen at once, but they will, in order, come at you left uh, from both directions. To the point where you actually can't disengage from the one that's engaged with you and fight a different one. Like, they will just keep backing away from you. You have to basically fight the one that's coming at you, which I thought was a little bit weird. Um, because, of the, um, yeah. because of the <laughs> visual presentation, there are a few little weird quirks. There are some combat sequences where the camera is so far zoomed out for this epic cinematic shot, it's fucking impossible to see what you're doing. <laughs> like, like the combat encounters I struggle and you've with you've got the most a super is, wide monitor as well I was, I was playing it on the Xbox but uh, yeah I was, I was some, some of the combat encounters I struggled with most were because the cameraman was 15 miles away like it, honestly it was so far away and because, because it's I like all the idea of a cameraman wise, behind the game yeah <laughs> I want that game because, because it's all in black and white and grayscale like you can have an area where you, because your character is usually one of the darkest things on screen. Um, you can have an area where you literally can't see where he is. That you have to until you kind of wiggle him and move him out of the way, which is fine in exploration. But when you're in combat, that gets you killed a lot. Um, to, to kind of counter that, the game is really generous with stuff like checkpoints. Like usually, you'll get a combat sequence, and then there'll be a checkpoint right after it, which really f- does the bonfirey thing and fills up your health. So it's kind of not really that much of an issue. Um, I managed to abuse my way through all the bosses in the game until the last one. Like some of the bosses are so easy to cheese, it's unreal. You are you're kind of front loaded with some very powerful abilities quite early on. The last boss, the last boss, however, the last boss felt like felt to me like I was doing like a proper samurai duel. Like that was I really enjoyed the last boss. Other bosses in it, I wasn't so bothered with. Um, I think this game would have been a ten out of ten if they had a bit more of the Sekiro style combat to it, where you had to master parries. Um, yes. Or or, you know, if you had a Makiri counter or stuff like that when you're fighting pike men and stuff like that. Oh, um, there is one of the weird graphical issues that I found. Um, I was talking to Debbie Punk about it, actually. He spotted this one as well. Because the game's in black and white, it's also entirely in Japanese, so it's subtitles. They have white mm-hmm. subtitles without a border on them. So if, this, oh, if, if you're in a bright scene, you can't see what's going on in the story. <laughs> Which happens more than once. There are so many lines of dialogue, I had no fucking clue what was going on. There's no accessibility <laughs> options. No, because it's a it's a it's, it's twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's a it's a really low budget indie game, but visual mm. like you say, if you can put those things aside, it's stunning. And it's on Game Pass as well. So it's like it's a good way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Like I'm not saying it's a bad game or anything like that. Like there are some there were I have a few quite a few criticisms of it for different things, but I still played it through to the end. Like I after I did my first kind of hour or so of it, I thought, ah, am I gonna finish this or am I just gonna play something else? 
no, I got I, I went through and I played it through to the end. And I actually, by the end of it, there were a couple of bits I was like, I fucking hate this game. But then I got to the ending, ending cutscene. I was like, actually, on balance, I really enjoyed this game. So if you've got it's game the pass, second it's game you've beat in the past five years as well. Fuck you. <laughs> and your chicken strips. I, uh, I, I, I agree with you, Gadget, from what I've played so far. Like, visually and the sound and everything stunning. There's bits where you kind of walk across a bridge and you're going for a combat and the time the lightning strikes behind you like perfectly. Yeah, that so shit's amazing. Oh, that's coming cool. down I like fighting with uh, that. Everything like that looks so good and I've taken a load of screenshots as I've been playing it. Yes, same so, yeah. But yeah, the combat is very repetitive. Once you find a combat system like combo that works for you, you, you just, just use it. that. I, oh, I just shame, use that one. You know where you can just, where they come behind you and you just Press back and X, and you turn yeah, around and you swing around. Easy one kill. And you just wait for them to come to you. Turn around and do it. There, yeah, there, there are some enemies a little bit beyond where you are, where that is not not a valid use of your time. Yeah, but it's, but, it's um, one that it's taken. You know, I've, I've played a couple of hours, and that's one I've been spamming. You're after yeah, just kind of do that up, up XX, like slicing up and stuff. There's a few like uh, in you know when you, you can kind of knock them, can't you, and then do like a kill yeah. button. Which like knocks yeah, absolutely. Around, chop the heads yeah. off and stuff, which is and fun. some of the stuff when you get into Yomi is actually really kind of beautiful. Like, like I mean, not just like the locations, but like kind of the way the world is designed and like the kind of the represent this representation of the afterlife. It's why it reminds me of kind of um, the Divine Comedy, and kind of like it's this kind of strange otherworldly place. Because um, mm. uh, I I didn't ex- I didn't expect it to do that because I. I there was part of me thinking, is this going to do the Sekiro thing and get a bit supernatural? No, I can't do that. It's gone Kurosawa style. No, it goes supernatural. So I, but in a good <laughs> way, actually, in, in a way that I quite enjoyed. Um, so yeah, especially if you've got Game Pass, it is worth your time to investigate. You might not like it. You might. I think also some of my criticisms are, um, especially around the combat, is kind of amplified by the fact that I've just come off Elden Ring. That might have something to do with it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is it's, that. It, there it, is it, that. It, it, it's like when I went from Bloodborne to The Witcher 3 and hated The Witcher 3 for a long time. <laughs> you did it in the wrong order. <laughs> did it in the wrong order, yeah. But uh, yeah, play Tractor so, Young. It's really good. I will when it comes out on a console I own. Excellent. It'll probably run on your laptop, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking at that, and <clears throat> it looks like it will. So I might just uh, plug in the old, uh, my new Pro Controller that I've got, because that works on the laptop. So I might do that. I'll just stick in the Xbox controller that I've I've got. Who knows? Who knows? So much room for fun. Let's move on to the main topic. (laughs) Activities is the word you're looking for. Fun activities. (laughs) So much room. (laughs) Yes. So we're talking this week about gaming when we were young. It's a gaming every episode. Mainly uh, games that we couldn't uh, quite... Either grasp the concept of, or it was just too fucking hard. And maybe you went back to it as an adult and thought, I've got this now. Or maybe you've never gone back to it because you've completely scared off by it in the first place. Now, I want to go with Biggie first, seeing though, seeing as though he is older than gaming as a medium. Um, he remembers a time when balls on a stick were the most <laughs> hardcore role-playing game Alive. Kidding. So, I want to know what you've got there, big man. This is probably quite one of the oldest games, maybe in our list. Um, so yeah, I've gone for Discworld. Pretty Based on, old. of course, Terry 
Pratchett's yeah, books. What a fucker of a game that was. <laughs> so, was. for those that don't know, it is a point-and-click adventure game. Um, it was developed by companies who I don't think are around anymore, Teeny Weeny Games and Perfect Ten Productions, yeah. um, and published by Psygnosis. And it was released in 95 for MS-DOS, Mac, and Sony PlayStation, which is what I played it on. Eventually went as a version for the Sega Saturn, released a year later. But basically, um, you assume the role of the wizard of the game, which was Rincewind, and was fantastically voiced by Eric Idle. You know, I, you know, I, st- I still have nightmares of Eric Sorry. Idle saying, that, that doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't uh, work. There's more of that later. <laughs> As he becomes involved in exploring Discworld for the means to prevent a dragon that was terrorizing the city of Ankh-Morpork. Pork. Uh, the game borrowed many elements from the books, um, but it was generally based loosely on the Guards Guards book. Uh, there was a secret brotherhood that summoned this dragon, and you have to go and, on a rampage to try and find out what's going on. Um, as mentioned, Idol was cast as Rincewind, um, and it was tweaked a little bit more to make him sound like um, the Idol that we know from Monty Python. The other actors included were Tony Robinson, Kate Robbins, who basically voiced every female character, Rob Brydon, John Pertwee. <laughs> Allegedly, as always, death makes an appearance. They wanted to get Christopher Lee in, uh, but they couldn't afford him. <laughs> so yeah, Rob I can Brydon imagine he's got death. a hefty price tag on him. And uh, the guy that also developed it, Barnett, initially wanted Rowan Atkinson. He thought he'd make a good death. But as it was in these games, it was um, a third-person point-and-click, so it was a lot of walking around the location, searching for items that you could pick up, and then just working out what on earth you do with them. And if you played the games like Monkey Island, um, I don't know, any of the, but, well, basically yeah, any the of technical. the Manic Mansions, Day of the Tentacle, any, yeah, any of those, um, then you probably have an idea of what this game was like. But the biggest problem with this game <laughs> was that the puzzles were insane. Yeah, didn't you know you Absolutely. have to mix a brick with a sword and that creates milk? Come on. <laughs> That's what it was like. Oh, I know, I remember. <laughs> and the only thing that saved this game, the only reason why I enjoyed playing it was because the humour was really funny. Um, it, it was, yeah, it you was. know, very similar to the book. So there was a reason why I tried to play it as much as I could, but I never finished it. Um, this is a quote from Will Porter, who did a, a sort of a retro review of it for Eurogamer. And he said, this world commits every point and click crime you care to mention. Tiny, <laughs> almost invisible hotspots, events triggered through dialogue you might not ask and the most obtuse puzzles yet created. One of them was to catch a butterfly after put a frog in past rinse wind, sorry, past rinse wind's mouth so that it isn't scared away by the snoring. So there's this time travel element to the game as well. Um, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And as I said, butterfly, when placed in past next to a lamppost, will cause a miniature thunderstorm next to a mad monk in the future. Causing him to take off his robe so you can steal it. It just, there's no logic to this puzzle. What on earth would make you think to even do that? Yes, but there's no logic to the Discworld itself. Like, that is a, that thematically is a perfect Discworld puzzle because it's. But as a game, it doesn't doesn't help. No, as a, yeah, gameplay wise, it's not fun to play. I remember when I, when I got this and, and uh, my older brother 
bought a strategy guide for it, and I would never have beat it without that strategy guide. Not, not a chance. It's cheating with the guide, but <laughs> it had to be done. He then went on to say, why, at the start of Act 2, have new puzzle-centric objects appeared in places I've visited before without knowing the game telling me? And um, what hints are offered to suggest that I need to put a tied-up octopus in a toilet, then mix a prune in with a fishmonger's caviar supply so I can steal his belt buckle from beneath the toilet door? I mean, <laughs> it's, I remember that puzzle because I got stuck on that for ages. And this was all pre-game FAQs. There were no guides, so you... Very similar to something else that I'm going to mention is uh, um, in the Patreon is just that you have to wait months or weeks later to sort of find out what on earth you can do because no one knows, no one's figured this shit out. You have to wait for a guide to come out and tell you because you would never ever come across that. You just wouldn't solve it. I'm sorry, I just don't believe anyone would work these things out. And yeah, <laughs> to complete this game without walkthrough is to see the face of God. And he finishes an insane and cruel god. And it was. It was a great game. The production was fine. The sound was fantastic with all the voices. The music was great. Graphically, it ran a bit slow on the PlayStation 1, from what I remember. But it it was forgivable because I enjoyed playing it until those puzzles. And unfortunately, it's probably one of the hardest games I've ever played and never finished. Yeah, I used to think that like games like uh, Discworld and stuff were obtuse, but uh, not this one. Sorry, <laughs> Broken Sword uh, were obtuse, uh, but not as not as bad as Discworld. Uh, I, I think Discworld Noir was a lot better. Did you ever play that one? No, I didn't. Yeah, uh, Dis- one, Dis- Discworld Noir held the player's hand a lot more. Yeah, but, was, I think it was a Dis- lot better. The first Discworld came out around about the time that there were a lot of those kind of point-and-click adventure games, which were deliberately yeah. obtuse. Uh, Simon the Sorcerer was another one that was out around about the same time. That was fucking brutal. It's because they made them the for my choice. For it. That was their made version. A lot of them of very expensive to to create, but the, the, a lot of them were like five to six hours long. So to make them last longer, it was these obtuse puzzles. It's, yeah. Oh yeah, it was like it's, it's it's weird, but yeah, like Broken Sword. It's not it's not a long game, but only when you know. Broken Sword was the one I was going to mention. That goat puzzle, man, just. I was stumped from that for weeks and weeks. And I had to wait for a magazine to come out. And they had a little box out saying, how to solve the goat puzzle, because no one could do it. <laughs> and it was just a millimetre pixel on the screen that you had to get the timing right to get past that goat. Otherwise, you were stuck there forever. It was game-breaking. Get fucking headbutt in you, didn't it? Yeah. Very annoying. But that was the thing. The game was great. I finished Broken Sword in the end. But, yeah, this world. I might even go so back Have you ever gone back to this world? I can emulate it. I've got a version of it I can play. So, uh, and you have access because I own to the original the PlayStation One game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, <laughs> I've got it here. I can show you. Show but, me. Uh, yeah. Go on then. Show I'll, me. Dish it out while someone's talking. I'll show it to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got oh, him. Police, right send him out. Someone go raid biggie now. <laughs> I'll show you. You'll be surprised. But yeah, um, that's it. This world. <laughs> Go check it out if you want to find out just how difficult fucking games were. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Moving on to me. Um, in 1998. Oh, I wasn't a wee boy then. Um, the bane of my existence released. It was a puzzle racing video game developed by Art Dink, creators of classics such as Colony Wars and Tactics Ogre, which is one of my personal favourites. It released for the PlayStation. 
Does anyone know what it is? Mm-mm. Racing puzzle explain, idea. Yeah, I'll explain a little bit more. So the user controls one of a certain thing, placing other certain things in rows that will successfully topple while avoiding obstacles and working under a time limit. Now, a lot of listeners will be like, I know what it is. It's... Oh, no one can stop Mr. Domino. Can anyone remember this game? No. No. Never You cannot remember no one can stop Mr. Domino. Wait when you see the photos of it. My God. What the fuck is that? Oh, Biggie, Biggie does have Discworld. Sorry. Sorry for doubting this. <laughs> you never played Mr. Domino? No, I mean I'm I'm pull, I'm pulling up the um nope. screenshots of it. It looks like the I mean it looks like micro machines in places. Yes, it's, it it's plays like a domino like rally game. It's a domino rally game in a weird in a weird sense. So, as again, as as I stated, the user controls one of five anthropomorphic dominoes, placing other dominoes in rows that will successfully topple while avoiding obstacles and working under a time limit. So you go around in a track, you don't control um, if he goes forward or not, he just he do, it goes it goes forward regardless. You you control left and right basically, um, and as you're going round and round and round, you have to place dominoes to land on squares on the ground to trigger certain events like uh, pocket uh, like pocketing a snooker ball or there you go blowing up a microwave. Why is there a bomb in a microwave? <laughs> yeah, why not? I got this game for Christmas for one of the runs of uh, where I just got. Terrible games for Christmas. Um, the game includes six stages, a casino, a grocery store, a family home, a local park, an amusement park, and a city. Each stage is set up like a racetrack as the character will return to the starting point each and every lap. The player can make as many laps as needed to clear a given stage. When the level is cleared, the player will proceed to the next stage. And once the stage starts, the character starts to run and will not stop running. To control the character's speed and direction, the player dictates movement with the D-pad. The characters that are not under the player's control will attempt to hinder the avatar's progress in ways such as throwing dice, turning on electrical wire, and making fruit appear out of nowhere, making the evasion of such obstacles a primary concern of the player. This game was the hardest fucking game ever, and it frustrated the shit out of me because it was quite fun. It was fun to play, but it got so hard the first level I absolutely smashed. I completed that. I can do it multiple times. Do you know how it's hard to explain what the gameplay is like? Remember, um, have you ever played Mario Party? Yeah. Mm. Not the mini games, but do you know the actual board game part of Mario Party where you're constantly going in a loop? Like a board game, yeah. Like a board game, and you, and you can set traps and stuff. That's what Mr. Domino's like, but it's constantly on like a running track. Oh, fucking hell, this game used to... Frustrate there. There'll be some listeners thinking, oh, yeah, I remember that. I believe it got famous because it was on one of the Demo 1 discs. Remember how popular they were? Mm. So, and again, I got it for Christmas and it frustrated the shit out of me. I never, I never could beat the third level, which was the uh, grocery store. Um, I just, I, it's the first game in my entire existence where I actively started crying because I couldn't beat it. Like in 1998, <laughs> I was a very, very young boy. Well, I wasn't that young, but I like to pretend I was that young. I was crying, and I, I snapped one of my um, PlayStation controllers. Luckily, it wasn't my DualShock. It was just the, the flimsy little shitty one that you get with the PlayStation. And, yeah, the game is... To this day, I don't know if you can... You, obviously, you can emulate it, but I don't know if you can buy it on any other platform. I don't know if there's a sequel. I don't know anything about other than every time I, I see and hear or anything to do with the word domino, 
I instantly think about Mr. <laughs> Mr. Domino. And uh, there's no sequel to it. It's just a, it's just a one-off that was on the PlayStation. Yeah, it's fucking batshit. And these are the guys that made Tactics Ogre, which is one of the best games ever made. It's just <laughs> this fucking game, man. Frustrates the shit out of me. If you wanted to buy a copy to to relive it, you could buy one on on Amazon for fifty nine ninety five. No, no, what? I don't want to. Wow, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm sure it's available on some other means, but I, do, I just don't think I could do it because, believe it or not, I had a DualShock controller because I got the uh, Resident Evil DualShock edition, and DualShock the analog didn't work on Mr. Domino. It wasn't supported. You know, like a few games on the PlayStation weren't supported by the analog at all. Yeah, and this one, it would have been a lot better with an analog stick. I wonder if with through emulation now I can force analog sticks to work on it. Yeah, you probably can. Maybe I should stream myself finally beating. I would Mr. quite like Domino. to see this. I also just kind of want to see like the you want to see me your, v- <laughs> your Vietnam moment, like when the opening music comes up and you like have a flashback. <laughs> It's when, it's, it, I'd be fine on the first two zones, and then when, when the next zone, grocery store, loads up. I'll yeah, you'd like, just break down, wouldn't you? You weren't there, man. <laughs> you could play <laughs> multiplayer and stuff, and that was fun, and I always dominated. I always kicked my family's ass and stuff on it. It, it was quite, which, you know, them, sometimes you get them games in your family. Like, we had it we had it on SNES and with Mario Kart and on PlayStation. Mr. Domino was the one that everyone used to just sit and play. So that's probably why it's lasted so much in my head, but. We couldn't. Oh, and there was Buster Move. Remember that uh, Bubble Bubble thing, that mm. Buster Move one. We played that all together. And whew, Mr. Domino, he's <laughs> I have. I've had nightmares about him, like le- leering over me in my bed. This big <laughs> six foot Domino wanting to. So kiss is it me. fair to say when you want a pizza, you order a Pizza Hut? I don't get Domino's anyway. You <laughs> see how expensive it is. <laughs> it's like I've got Domino's money. Not a chance. But yeah, Mr. Domino, that's that's my one, and I'm sure that. There must be at least one listener that's listened to this and thought, fuck, Mr. Domino, and they haven't thought about that in years. So hopefully I'm bringing that back for you, but fuck, don't play it. <laughs> it's awful. Never beat it, and I'll, I'll do a stream of it one day. Candy? Oh, um, so I tried to think a little bit outside the box on this one, and as you suggested, it could be a game that we just didn't get the concept of, um, and we were put off that way. Or just didn't grasp mechanics. I also didn't um, get the concept for Mr. Domino. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this exist? <laughs> to torment you, probably. That's the sole, mm. sole reason for living. Um, yeah. So I grew up with the original Game Boy and uh, the Sega Mega Drive, or the Genesis. Um, one of them families. One of them families. And I think in that stage um, of the sort of still emerging game industry, not that many games were really very left field in terms of concepts. I think gaming was still predominantly sort of aimed at children, wasn't it? And most certainly console games. Most games uh, were arcadey as well, weren't they? Yeah, and certainly console games. Sorry, I'm sure that it was probably a bit different on the PC, but certainly the games that I had for PC um, would have been the kids' ones at the time. Um, also because of limitations, they'd usually just fall into a few categories. So you'd have your side scrollers, platformers, beat-em-ups and races. I mean, obviously there were a few exceptions, um, but certainly, in the, I think in the West, um, that's what we had, more or less. Um, it was such a brand new industry that games didn't necessarily need to do um, anything particularly different or daring. Um, so further down into the PS1-2 area, I can't think of any games that I put down due to the concept alone. If mm-hmm. anything, I've always kind of been drawn uh, more to the out there games. And 
I will battle through questionable gameplay if I'm taken with the concepts. And I think a good recent example of that has um, they've been uh, has been Control and Death Stranding. Uh, so yeah, with that yeah. in mind, um, I actually have two choices. Um, and now I've taken the liberty of having two for the simple reason of them just being too hard for me. It's no profound reason other than I just wasn't good enough. Um, <laughs> so there's only so far I can take this. Um, so the first one was the first Sonic, and that came out for the Sega Mega Drive Genesis, and that was in 91, so I would have been six or seven when that came out. And I got yeah. stuck. It was Act 2 of the Marble Zone. So in total, there were seven zones, um, each with, I think they had three acts in them. And the Marble Zone was the second zone. So the basically, I, zone. Got st- I got stuck on level five. <laughs> I think oh, uh, Marble Zone was the, was it the purpley green one? Yeah, purpley green, green one with lava in it. Yes. Lava. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And the tubes. I, um, I, I, I got stuck in exactly the same place on the first Sonic. And I. I've since seen like videos where they said like the marble zone kind of was designed before they worked out what Sonic could do. Like it wasn't yes. designed for a character to move quickly through. I saw that yeah. on a gaming historian uh, YouTube. He said that they, the marble zone was a proof of concept that they didn't want to leave. They didn't want to lose yeah. it, so they just kept right. it in. And, and and to this day, they've they've stated that it should have been near, nearer to the end of the game. Well, funny. I mean, the reason actually that I got stuck on this wasn't because I. Um, lost control of Sonic or I was constantly being killed in the same area it was actually I reached a point and I just didn't know what to do to continue so I wasn't I wasn't dying repeatedly but this was, it was it was kind of obviously it was before the days of the internet where you could just look for walkthroughs and I wasn't of any age was to it the, was, it, was it the obscure bits where you have to you have to stay on the platforms for the lava to shoot you up I think that no because I remember I could do that I think there was it was like a potentially like a wall that I couldn't figure out how to open um mm, yeah so anyway I, I, it. yeah so i i have actually been back um and i play this relatively recently i think within the last two years um there's yeah. a there's a version you can play on the playstation i think it's just called the, the mega drive collection or something and um you can play it on vr funny enough um it makes you feel like you're <laughs> sat in an old 90s bedroom Is it that, that yeah that that's one i've seen where you can look around and all the vhs's are on the desk yeah and, and there's posters it's actually really cute um but yeah, it's like, it's like you're playing it on your tiny TV, and it's a nice sort of trip oh, down cool, uh, fake memory lane, cool. to be fair. But I, I wanted bed, to play copies of Razzle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like that in old socks, crusty. Oh no! <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to play it again to see if it was actually as as hard, um, or if it was just because I was young. And I actually found it even more difficult because, like, even really? for an you're old game, Sonic it. Sonic moves. Well, Sonic moves. I'll, t- I'll tell you. So Sonic moves with some actual speed and kind of wildly out of control. And my reactions are more shit now, like considerably worse. I think um, he's really slow what? on the first one. I'm terrible. At Sonic I've games, never though. played Sonic before, and I played it today for the first time with my daughter. No, the first one. Because she's seen the movie. He's beat she, it. Yeah. Oh, that's and cute. I was going through my retro pie, and Sonic came up on the screen. She went, "Oh, Sonic!" I said, "All right, come on, let's have a look then." And yeah, I sucked at that big time. Yeah. <laughs> he is um, fast. And you can't see what's coming up in front of you, naturally. So then I've you, not you played just, like the ones it's afterwards. It's a trial and I error think, game. I think the first one is like really slow in comparison to like two and three. I played Sonic I and Knuckles. You, and I think I was I was quite a lot better at Sonic and Knuckles. Um, but mm, I was probably, it's probably that the much design over. of the levels more than anything. 
I think that was probably the case. Um, but anyway, the, the, the on the Mega Drive collection, um, it's got several options to make it a bit sort of more forgiving, shall we say. I think it, 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 I think there's about three or four options you can use. But anyway, you can use save points. So I have completed it as an adult, but I, I needed that extra bit of help. <laughs> Got there <laughs> in the end. Um, the other one is Streets of Rage 1, which was also released in 91, so I was six. <laughs> Bye um, I included this one because it was just, I never got to finish the final big boss. Um, so it's another classic, probably everyone's heard of it, you're all familiar with it. If any listeners that haven't, it's sort of a, a side-scrolling beat-em-up. You can play it solo or with one other player. There's a choice of three characters, Axel Stone, Adam Hunter, or Blaze Fielding, and I was always Axel. Um, me and my friend, used to, one, one particular friend, we used to play it together. I did not know they repeatedly. had surnames. <laughs> I had to look it up. I had to look for the I actual I did not know they names. had surnames at all. <laughs> Axel Stone. I wonder where they got that from. I wonder. Um, actually, it sounds kind of like a porn star, but anyway, moving swiftly on. So I think it was... Um, <laughs> I think it was more of a case of the sheer amount of time it took to actually get to that point, like the final boss of the game. So remember that no save points. Once you died, you died and you have to start the whole game again to get back to where you were. And by the time we actually yep. got there, I think we were probably already tired and cranky and we were probably being told off by our mums for having played the uh, for the Mega Drive so much. Um, the game itself actually wasn't super challenging um, up to that point, but it's just that bastard final big boss when he shows up with his machine gun. Like, that's the first machine gun in the entire game, and you introduce it right at the end. No, not having it. Can you um, remember the, uh, the major twist of the big boss on that game? No. Can you recall? So he asks you a certain question at the end. I remember the question. I did, I and never... if you answer it wrong, he sets you back four levels. I didn't know that. See, I always just automatically <laughs> yeah. did the, what the game probably wanted you to do, because I was a good yeah. child. I wasn't. <laughs> so I never chose What's that other question? option. What does it ask you? He asks you something along like the lines of, game. he asks you along the lines of something like, do you want to join me Yeah. in, uh, in, in, in taking over the city? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he sent me back. <laughs> I didn't know it sent, sent you me back. back. Oh, that's annoying. Oh, yeah. Like, far, God, do you I know how, how near, near the last level, you, you go up that elevator, don't you? That big, mm. long elevator level. Yeah. It sends you back way before that. Fuck that. With the amount of lives and continues you still have. No, oh, it's fucking oh. hell. No, thank you. Um, yeah, actually, no this, you. this Streets of Rage was also included in that um, VR thing as well. So, it, yeah, like I said, it was the same collection. It's actually a really good collection of games. So if you can find it cheap, go for it. Um, they, did the, they did the same version on the, on the Switch, but obviously not VR. Mm. Well, you'll be, you'll be able to find it, but it's probably on all platforms by now, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I, I tried to go back and play this one, and it did feel... I got bored. I did, it did feel very janky, especially up against Sonic. Um, but that is a good point, actually. Like Sonic 1, it, it plays pretty flawlessly, really, even by today's standards. Um, it doesn't feel clunky or have a particularly jittery frame rate or anything if you want to sort of go back and revisit it. Um, no fucking Mario, though, is it? No fucking Mario, but it's not going to ruin your memories of it. <laughs> Streets of Rage, not so much. You need to play Streets of Rage 4. You should play that. The modern I've, game. Yeah, I started it. Concept. I started it. Actually, I think me and Supernatty Cat started playing it for a minute, for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. Mm, really good. I'll have to really get back fun. to it. That's Excellent. it for me. Excellent. So I am coming at you <laughs> with the 1989 NES classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
So the oldest game is actually Stig's game. So quite frankly, fuck this game. <laughs> fuck this game into the sun. Jesus into Christ. The sun. Wow. I, I, into honestly, the sun. <sighs> I could not beat this game. And I just, I it was so have. hard. It was just relentlessly hard for no reason whatsoever. Why did they make a game this hard? It just makes no sense. For starters, it does make sense. It's because it's a really short game. It, it's the, the, to start with that you don't. It's not a multiplayer game. So even if you you can't play two two, you can't play together. Even though there's four characters to play with, so you <laughs> skip. So you can skip between each turtle. But once you die as as one of them, they're gone. You move they're on gone. to the next one. They're fully dead. <laughs> and the problem with this is is that Leonardo and Donatello are okay because they've got a staff and a sword. So you yeah. can used to be able to fight from a distance. Raphael and Michelangelo have the size and the nunchucks and they're terrible because you have to get right up to the enemies to fight them, which means that they just hit you and you lose life. Mm. So as soon as Donatello and Leonardo are out, you're fucked because you, yeah, you bit, you just can't play with the other two. They're, they're pointless characters. Um, the game only gave you two continues and no password resumes state. So if you got really far into the game and died, that was it. It'd start all over again. You couldn't you couldn't get a password and go back to where you were. Um you could you drop inventory items by mistake. You would uh, yeah. often find enemies stood at the top of ladders just not moving. So the only way yeah. to progress the only way to progress would to be go up there, take damage, and then fight them because they just didn't move. <laughs> Either they didn't move, or more enemies would join in that area, so you couldn't get up there without. <laughs> you, you just stood. You'd stand there, and you go, "I can't get there without." I remember damage. one time I playing it. I'd got halfway up the ladder. There was one on top of the ladder, and there was one coming underneath. Yeah, fucked. it's just fucked. Yeah, yeah, you just, you just have off. to take damage. And then not only that, I mean, this isn't obviously part of the game being hard, but when you're low on health, it's a really annoying bleep. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's just like fuck off. Um, there were jumps that you couldn't get over. It had to be pinpoint perfect jumps. Otherwise, you just couldn't get on, onto the platform. And I'm not talking like, yeah, of course you have to do a good jump. I mean, the, these jumps were like to the fucking millimetre. Yeah, to the pixel. Otherwise, yeah, you that... just couldn't get up to the next level. Uh, yeah. There's even a jump in the game, which I've discovered since having a quick look back at this game. There's one really hard jump in the game that you can just walk over. Wow. So you'd never actually... know that you'd, you'd never know that in the game because it's a jump. There's a gap. So when you have a gap, your instinct is to jump over that gap. No, you could just walk over it. <laughs> it's like did it's a fucking trick. The game is full of shit like that. Did you know the the PC version is? I, I, it's hyperbole to say the NES version is unbeatable, but the PC version is literally unbeatable. When they ported it to DOS um, in 1990, I think. Uh, it was a really shoddy port, like like the music was broken, some of the graphics were broken. But one of the things that happened when they did it, all the tile sets got moved by like two pixels or something. So you can get um, through. Yeah. When, when uh, they transferred it to a PC screen, so yeah, there was one jump kind of late on the game where no matter what you do, you can't make the jump of the PC because it's too far for any of the turtles to jump. That's fucking bollocks. <laughs> is the that only, the, the only way that people you... have finished it on the PC is by cheating? Like glitching glitch. into the next level. Yeah. I was going to say, there is a way to beat the game with a glitch. So it must be the PC version. 
Yeah. But, wow. Yeah, it's it. Oh, it's just it's just I, so hard. I don't know and, if this game was a arcade part because if it was, they used to make them deliberately difficult so you put more money in, didn't they? I don't know if this was though. I, I don't know if this one was. I have played the Nintendo. Uh, Turtles arcade game. I played. I yeah, played and beat that's that. That's a fighting game, isn't it? I played and beat it in yeah. one sitting. That's a fighting game. So I don't think this is. I think this is just a pure console game. Yeah, I think it, this is the one with where you, where you can you can go in the van sometimes, can't you? Yes, you move from level yeah, the to electric level in the seaweed. van. Oh, let me I'll get into that. Thought you worry. <laughs> <laughs> there are levels on this game where you go down and the walls start to come. You know, like you you go yeah. from, and the walls start to come in and to crush you. And you do all this just for a piece of pizza. It doesn't even progress the game. So it puts you through all this stress just to get a, a, whatever. It's a collectible. I don't even know. Pizza I can't remember what delicious. the pizzas do. I know pizza delicious. things I've done for but... pizza that I'm not proud of. <laughs> yeah. Isn't the pizza your health? You will, there, are, there are points where you'll die from falling into water. Keep in mind you're a turtle. No non-swimmer. <laughs> there are levels where you swim. But there are also levels where you die from falling into water. It makes no <laughs> sense. Different type of water. So the swimming level, the dam level. This is where I came stuck. This is the one that I never got past. I never made it to the Technodrome. Never, never finished this game. Never even got to the last, to the last boss. The dam is a level where you have two minutes and twenty seconds to defuse a bomb, and to do that, you have to swim through electric seaweed, and <laughs> you have to swim no through this electric nature. Yeah, you have to swim through the electric seaweed, like Needle said earlier, <clears throat> pixel perfect, because you just keep getting battered and battered and battered by the seaweed. And not not only that is, for some reason, there's also these electric rays that come down that you then have to, you know, they'll come on, they'll go off, and then you have to swim through these barricades like that. For some reason, they're underwater as well with the electric seaweed. So you kind of <laughs> you're fighting the electric seaweed and having to time your way through these. Never did it. Could never do it. It's mad because this is on a console that has good swimming levels, like the Mario ones. Good Just, swimming, like you know what I mean. It's like, and wasn't this Konami that made this? Um, I'm not too sure. They were known actually. for making some absolute bangers back then. I don't think it was. Um, but can I? Can I just? Didn't they do share... the arcade one though? Yeah, Maybe, they did. They did a load of turtle this games. one. Can I share something with you? As as I was doing a little bit of like, because because I remember this game being really difficult and just never mm-hmm. being able to finish it, and it, I, I did think, was it just me? Was it always was I just being no. shit when I was younger, or was it a really hard game? Turns out it was a really hard game, and a lot of people have the same trouble. And I came across this video on YouTube, and the way the guy describes this game at the end is just sums it up perfectly. And I just want to share that Go with you guys. Ah, yes, the angry video game nerd. I think I used to work with him. Cowabunga. Cow a fucking piece of dog shit. This game is diarrhea coming out of my dick. This game is as appealing as a fucking ooze infested, dirty fucking sewer rat shit. I've had more fun playing with dog turns. Shredders my ass and splinters my balls. This game is an inside-out asshole regurgitating putrid <laughs> anal fecal matter. I'd rather fucking yank all the hairs out of my scrotum. I'd rather drink diarrhea vomited out of a buffalo's anus. It sucking fucks, it fucking sucks, it fucking blows, it's a piece of shit. And I don't like it. <laughs> Nine out of ten. <laughs> that is my feelings exactly on that game. We'll play Fuck Teenage Mutant Ninja like Turtles. <laughs> he didn't like it, did he? That, that, that young man. No. It, it, there's, a, there's a pinned... 
message at the bottom that says 14 years later um he decided to finish to finish it <laughs> he went back to it but only 14 years later i wonder if you yeah. could have used the uh, the game genie to make you invincible that would have been a fun little playthrough so you can't maybe die. do you know what i've got this game on um on roms uh, that I was, I was <laughs> hoping to try and play it before this episode. I'd never get them cheats on it, play, mate. Get them cheats might, on it. I might just have a little play to see if I can do any of it now. Now I'm older, or whether it just is a stupidly hard game. These, these are all they're gonna. This should be. We should stream this as a series. Just games of his youth. <laughs> oh, I'd be up oh, for that. God, I'd be really at that fun. game. There's another game I'll mention yeah. in the Patreon section that I just also <laughs> had me. How I've got a few, but before all that, <laughs> gadget. You're a man of culture. You've played many a game. You've never finished any, but Fuck you've played you. some. <laughs> well, okay, this one specifically I haven't Quiet. finished. I, I... <laughs> well, that's the whole point of the episode. Yeah, that is the point yeah. of this one. Uh, and this this one is going to take the crown of the oldest game because it came out two months before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did. Oh, he had to win, didn't he? Of course it did. I'm, <laughs> I want to talk about the 1989 video game Prince of Persia. Oh. oh no, now yeah. we're talking. Never played it. I have not beat this game. It is fucking solid. So, uh, <laughs> solid. Pr- Pr- Prince of Persia is a fantasy cinematic platformer designed and implemented by Jordan Mechner for the Apple II and ported to about everything else that was out at the I time. I had it on Commodore 64. DOS. We had, we had the DOS version. Um, I think Ooh, it, it was either the DOS or the Amstrad CPC because we had both of them kicking about at one point because my dad used to get random computers from work. Um, and. It's a fucking nightmare of a game. Uh, it's a side-scrolling kind of platform puzzler combat-y game. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, the the artwork was hand root or scooped. Mm. Um, oh, yes. The, Ooh, say that again. Ha- oh, fuck root or scooped. <laughs> root or scooped. <laughs> fucking live my life like this. This episode is going to be called again. root or scooped. Root or scooped. Google, please translate. <laughs> Uh, Streamyard kick biggie. Anyway, so uh, yeah, basically hand animated uh, animations of of all of all the movements based on the movements of a actual person. The combat stuff. I'm just I was reading on the Wikipedia. The the, the actual combat animations were based on uh, the final duel scene between Errol Flynn and Basil Rathbone in the Adventures of Robin Hood, the 1938 yes. film. <laughs> um, it's an absolutely beautiful game in motion. It's also one of the biggest bullshit artists I've ever encountered because the platforming is so fucking hard in it. It's like, beyond precise, isn't it? It's beyond it. Beyond precise. It, 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 Sticks talking about pixel perfect jumps there. Nah, nah. Prince of this Persia. Worse. That's some fucking pixel perfect stuff. Because you die so easily as well. You have like two HP. You will just fall to your death rapidly. Um, I've, I've got some... Uh, uh, for, for the people on YouTube, I do have some gameplay so you can actually see what it looks like. I'm going to play it without the sound while I talk about it. Um, it is this one. So, I mean, the actual motion of the characters is absolutely beautiful, given that this was 1989. And this was the first game to use kind of rotoscoped animations. Everybody it actually became a standard kind of in the 90s. But every platform that you jump over is ultra-precise. Doors that you stand on, um, buttons to open, they will... Um, come down quite rapidly, so you've then got to kind of jump and move very quickly. When I was, I mean, I was, I'll be in three when this came out, so I didn't play it probably until I was about five or six. Look how me pretty kind of, it is, though. Yeah, yeah, me handling a keyboard to try and move this character around. Like, I've struggled with this <laughs> on a fucking a controller. Oh, the, um, 
also this game has one of this. the gr- greatest covers of all time like the, the, the uh, and i'm just going to kind of f- flip over the cover there to this oh wow which is incredible slightly rapey um <laughs> or, <laughs> i mean it is it's massively rapey um, yeah the plot line for it um is um is is something to behold and kind of ah, i can't pull that out so uh, the the plot line involves you having to save the princess from the um uh, the, prin- the, the 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 sultan's daughter has been locked in the in her tower by uh, the king's royal vizier Jafar and yeah. you have an hour to save her this is the first speed running game like, how did he kill that really quick I know. The vizier is called Jafar. The vizier is called Jafar. It's called Jafar, and he has a little, <laughs> he has a little twi- twiddly beard. I mean, and that, I was going to say that that that, that um, box out there just looked like Aladdin. Yeah, like, yeah, but Jafar Aladdin rips in, this off massively. Jafar's <laughs> in Arabian Nights. Yeah, I mean, this is this is based box. on Arabian Nights to a degree. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah the, that came out the, before Aladdin. Yeah, the game is really, really difficult. Um, I have never got. You basically have to work your way through twelve levels of this tower, um, to get to the princess and save her from Jafar. But I never made it beyond level two. Like what we're seeing no. on screen here, where they're moving up to the next level. That is the first. That that's the only one of those screens I've ever seen in the game. And I used to play this all the fucking time. It is so difficult. It's unreal. Yeah, prince is um, unreasonably white for an Iranian, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of yeah, those so things, it's, isn't it's, it's, it? Of its time. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have time working at least. You only have an hour to beat the game. Uh, or if you got the Super Nintendo version, it was it was 120 minutes because they added extra levels to it that were even harder. <laughs> well, I can imagine playing it on the Super Nintendo might be a little bit easier with a controller. Honestly, playing this on a keyboard was an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, you had to be careful of spikes on the ground. There were traps everywhere. Platforms would fall out from underneath you. It's a absolute. It's a sadomasochistic game. It just wants to punish the player. It hates <laughs> anyone who plays this game. The game <laughs> hates you. So yeah, uh, Prince of Persia. So fucking difficult. I've got. I, I never a, finished a, it. An anecdote about this game. So remember the reboot. Uh, one of the many reboots. Uh, Sands of Time. The yeah. good one. Yeah. <clears throat> there was a, a really like crazy way of unlocking this game. On that game, do you know what I mean? It was built in, and you could unlock it by doing some crazy unlockables or whatever it is back then. And right. I was, it was so difficult to get to unlock this game to play. And I remember doing it so much, and then finally unlocking it, and then realizing how shit this is. <laughs> 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 it was so fucking frustrating for me because everyone's like, "Oh, Prince Persia, sometimes two games in one. You get the original Prince Persia." I'm like, "Oh, brilliant! Let's see what it." Ugh. <laughs> it's, it's so I played this game tough. a lot and I never finished it. Did you get it reminded me two? of like it reminded me of how Flashback played and stuff like that. Remember Flashback? Yeah. yeah well yeah. Yeah. Flashback was I mean, a lot easier. Like Flashback and like Another World, they all kind of took this style of yeah. gameplay and kind of took it in the same kind of way of kind of animating everything. So How did they animate yeah. it? Ugh. They rotoscoped it. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it does look so really nice, properly. though. Even just watching it now, it's really pretty. I remember watching yeah. a documentary on the animation and everything. But funny enough, I've got a um, anecdote about Sands of Time as well. It was my first experience of a game-breaking uh, bug. I cr- oh. I'd uh, run up a wall, hit a switch, and the switch didn't do what it was supposed to do. And uh, my childhood ended that day. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, because you can't reload a previous save because you only had one save file. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I can't remember what she... I played it on, actually. was it? P- it must have been PS2. Was it PS2? PS2. Yeah. Well, did you know that that game's built into it? So go back and play it and unlock <laughs> Prince of Persia. <laughs> or just I'm wait for the it. remake, which is apparently going to come on the 12th and ever. Mm, yeah. They have rebooted that game so many times. It even turned into <laughs> Assassin's Creed once, didn't it? It did, yeah. Assassin's no, Creed was supposed you... to be Prince of Persia. It was a spin. Um, Assassin's Creed was a spin-off well. of Prince of Persia originally, yeah, wasn't it? It was, yeah. What, what was the one yeah. they did in two thousand nine where they made him like emo and give him a, and give him a navi? That was, was that uh, Forgotten Warrior... Sands. No, oh, no, 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 that was, it was Warrior Within. Warrior Within, within and Godsmack played whenever yeah. Godsmack you went into battle. Oh no, no, no! There was Warrior Within was part of part of the like there was a trilogy. Yeah, but then there was one that they re rebooted it again in two thousand and nine, and it had like him, uh, Zachary Levy, playing the voice of um, the prince. I'm sure he's yeah, forgotten he Sans. Like, nope, nope, it was its own thing. The one where he's got that that, that, that red mask on is that one with the girl running around yeah. with the girl all the time. Yeah, I remember oh, that. Two thousand eight. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, you couldn't it, die it, in it, could you? Link. You actually was immortal in it. Yeah, because because your you, you, your girlfriend kept like picking you up and putting you back down, picking you up, so you couldn't actually die at all in the game. There's no peril yeah, she was, whatsoever. She was just she was just playing Lakitu. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, he I remember that. Looked really emo with his guy. Oh, that's and it. Yeah, yeah. Look at his claw. Known for his claw, claw, the Prince of Persia. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Didn't God, he have a name like Gaston or something like that? A, in the film, real name. in the film only. Is that what it is in his yeah. film? Jake Gyllenhaal, known Persian. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yes, um, Prince, Prince, Prince of Persia. It was, it was so fucking difficult. Yeah, <laughs> never finished. I would it. like never got past the second w- fucking level. I would like to see like a proper like HD super souped up version that looks like the Oddworld games. Exactly oh, the yeah, same controls. Up. Just see if anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, settle down, so Satan. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those controls were exactly. dreadful. Yeah, because Oddworld seemed to have got a little bit of a, a thing from that as well, didn't it? Then, if you think about it, because that's quite. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of games. Sort of hardcore, too. difficult platformers. Yeah. Mm. Cool. But what do our hardcore, difficult listeners have in store for us? Just quickly, you know, I'm not a competitive oh. man. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out first. Moving on. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All the way through gadget segment then. Stig's fucking relentlessly Googling. <laughs> no, I just had to, I just had that up my Wikipedia and then I was looking at his like that as well. So Fine. Moving on. <sighs> I don't care. Okay. Do. Another win. Another win for Stig. Yes. <laughs> And I was born before both games. You were born before electricity. So was I. (laughs) Anyway, feedback-wise, Xenos has said, one of the first games I ever played was the original Sonic the Hedgehog, and I was absolutely terrible at it. I could just not get to the Green Hill Zone boss consistently. Why? Bunch of pillars moving up and down where you had to stop and time your jumps instead of just running at them and hooping. That's called gameplay, Xenos. Um, I think I only got past it about three times whilst I still had the Sega Mega Drive I was playing it on, and I didn't get through Marble Aww. Garden Zone on any of those runs either. You'd think I would have worked out eventually, and technically I did, but I was playing that when I was about seven, and I didn't get to go back and try it again until I was about 15. Does, do, do none of you here know what that final boss on the first Sonic is? Yeah. 
Because that is a fucking so. rock hard final boss. Yeah, I must, have, I must have done it on my We're plate. We're coming uh, down with the pneumatic lift. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. It's so difficult. That was a bastard. It, Even with the, uh, with the little helpers, that was a shit. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, but to be fair, it's not the hardest level in the game. The hardest level in the game is Labyrinth Zone. Labyrinth. Fucking yeah, un- underwater. Still still because his goosebumps today. Uh, speaking of uh, difficult listeners, Super Natty Cat has written in. How has she written? She's uh, a, co- a collection of words thrown at Twitter in some kind of random Why order. Why does she do this repeatedly? <laughs> Just to wind Biggie up. <laughs> it does. Oh, oh, it, it, it worked. So she, so she has said, on my PS2, me and my best friend Dan played the absolute bejesus out of Crazy Taxi. Our favourite driver was always BD Joe because we thought he said ass, and ass was a rude word. <laughs> we were about 10 at the time, bless her. We could play the game and go around the clock... Uh, around the clock dropping off peeps, but then there were the challenge levels where you had to jump through hoops or not fall off narrow tracks and stuff. We could do them all easy peasy until we got to one level where there was this massive ramp and you had to go as fast as you could and jump off the end and we could not do it. No matter how far we reversed or if we drove around and around and then did it, no bloody good. Had us stumped (laughs) for literally the entirety of the PS2 lifespan until, as 15-year-olds, it all changed. I just so happened to stumble across the bit of the manual that said how to boost. You could boost. It was a bloody revelation. <laughs> All of a sudden, we completed the challenge and felt like we had achieved godly status. Good times. I didn't know that came out on PS2. I thought it was uh, Dreamcast yeah, and Xbox. No, That's PS2 what I as well. It was in the arcade and that. Crazy taxi! And then, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Simpsons yeah, one yeah. was pretty good as well. <sighs> Simpsons, uh, yeah, they did that hit and run thing, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Mm. Shin Ezim, or Shin Ezim, has said, most of the hidden gems in Crash 2 and 3 were a real pain to find as a kid. Much easier to oh, find them when I grew up. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot Crash... 2 and 3 were really psychotically difficult in places. Crash Bandicoot yeah. is yeah. brutal. As a platformer, it is brutal. Remember when it's they did a, the, it, the remake yeah. of, of a year and everyone's like, why is this so hard? I'm like, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard game. It was, it was, it was, the, uh, it was the side-scroll levels where you're working up like the um, yeah. building. Oh, oh they were, ter- they it, were yeah. so hard. Are you having to like run away from the, the boulder? The... Ah, the boulder was fine. Hogwild, Hogwild was also awful. When you're one, on the big. Of... <laughs> yeah, there was one of those on a bridge, and I just could never beat that one. There was yeah on the first Crash Bandicoot. There's a bridge level. I've never got past it ever. I don't know where it's just like Misty Bridge or something like that, and it's fucking ridiculous. Oh the yeah, floor just so gives difficult. away. Oh, and then someone told me you can run on the ropes. I'm like, what? <laughs> so you can just skip the whole level and run on the ropes. Stupid games. Uh, Angry Kurt has said, As you may be aware, I'm a big fan of the Roller Coaster Tycoon series and any kind of park building games. The first RCT game was brilliant and I finished every park on there. I picked up Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, which I still really love uh, because I had the same gameplay, but with the addition of real parks like Alton Towers and Six Flags in America. But for some reason, it was so much harder than the first game. So much so that I never finished a single parks challenge in the game despite being older and an expert at the first game. Also, shout out to any kind of platformer back when I was a little one. I couldn't get my head around them, and uh, and on I couldn't get a head around them, and on and the one that sticks out is Hercules, licensed game based on the film. What was it Disney's action game featuring Hercules? I think that was the title. That's for a it. fucking good game. That all Disney games: The Lion King, Aladdin, Hercules. Yeah. Yeah. All bastards. Yeah, <laughs> Lion King and Aladdin. I remember what I heard. You not play Lost Planet even Atlantis? Ooh, rock hard, rock hard games. 
I found it really tough and only through weeks of practice did I get past the first couple of levels. Looking at gameplay of it now, it looks like it would be an absolute breeze. No, it's still difficult. No, no it's, it's not. It's still an absolute Mate, bastard. I played solid. both Aladdin and... Because you could get Aladdin and Lion King on the Switch. Yeah, yeah Still yeah, both yeah. solid. I've got them. Still both absolutely so solid. <laughs> There's that fucking level on Lion King. I just can't wait to be king. Yeah, and you've got to jump off the back. giraffe's noses. Fucking and Jesus Christ. Swinging off the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. That was fun, though. Awful. Hard, but fun. I did finish Lion King, though. That's the one. I did get that because I... I did. Uh, yeah, I finished it because you've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I threw Scar off the top Scar, of it. Uh, yeah, you fight Scar, then you've got to like, drag rock, it, yeah. push him off, haven't you? Yeah, I remember finishing it, but I didn't finish Aladdin. I found no. the magic carpet level quite difficult. Yeah, oh, that, that's a that's like the third level as well. It's a really difficult level. Yeah, you're getting out of the Cave of Wonders. It's fucking mm. rock hard, Batman. Uh, Ray said, Hi, modern escapism. Though story-rich games like RPGs and adventure games are less skill-sensitive and considered relatively non-gamer friendly, I struggled with them as a kid because I did not have the ability to read long texts. As such, I often gave up halfway, losing the plot or getting stuck because I missed some instructions. To be fair, I still do that today. Um, I cannot remember how I heard the name Planescape Torment or Baldur's Gate when I was little, but I knew they should be good games. Unfortunately, the rich lore of the story delivered by well-written long conversations and the deep system D&D of D&D proved to be too much for a child and my progress of these two games had been stopped at the first few scenes of more than a decade. It is funny that right now a story-rich game may be my favourite uh, to check out when buying new games. Time can certainly bring some strange changes. There is a part of me that wants the Baldur's Game version on the Switch just so I can play it again. I've got it. I love, the, I've got I it. love those games it, as kids. It plays really good. I've got Planescape Torment as well. Fuck, those games are so good. I didn't know they were D&D, but that makes Do sense. Not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do not put Baldur's Gate on your TV. That's what I'm saying. That's awful. So All right, put it on the Switch screen. If you put it on the big screen, <laughs> it's, it's gross. Like, <laughs> you may as well get cheese grates yeah. on your eyeballs. <laughs> oh, it's not awful. good. RPG Have you said the enhanced edition. Yeah, you could. Yeah, which is a lot better. RPGs definitely hold your hand a lot more now. If you compare like Skyrim to the older ones, Oblivion and Morrowinds and everything, you used to have to have like a, a, a notepad, like a fucking telephone directory worth of notes to know where you're going like some of the clues that you just have to head east candy you didn't play uh, dragon quest 2 where there is no plot and you have to talk to people and they and then you've got to get clues to decipher the plot while you're fighting and and random battles even in even in houses and towns (laughs) (laughs) that was difficult final final fantasy 7 again when you go into it's not hard no when you if you save your game and then don't play it for a long time and go back there's no pointers like where you're supposed to be going so unless you find one npc that goes hey you yeah, should be heading yeah. off there otherwise you're not you supposed to complete it in going. 10 years that's why yeah all right i have otherwise it would have made this show <laughs> so uh candy candy if you, if you want a large map to play on you should try elder scrolls daggerfall Oh, um, it's I've massive. Heard. So I've heard. It's, 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 it's approximately, according to Google, 209,331 square kilometres. Hmm. Or wow. the size of Great Britain. Yeah, okay, so if we do our retro empty. game streams, I'll, I'll choose that one. That's got to be the one I it's, do. You'd think it was empty at that, that big. It's not an empty game, is it, Daggerfall? No. It's no. fucking the, dense. The, the, the that's whole a real of Sc- feat for its time then, wasn't it? It was ugly as fuck, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> the whole of Skyrim fits into one of its islands. My God, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking massive! And people on the internet are saying the next Elder Scrolls game should be a Daggerfall one. No, we can't physically do it on the media that we've got. <laughs> it won't work. And we all know it's Hammerfell. No, I don't know. 
Last up, last up, Debbie Punk's back. Uh-oh. Uh, and he, he's done one of these things. I have no idea how to say this word, so I'm just going to go with what me, what comes out of me gob. Dearest moribund asvestiations. It's probably an Estivations? Estivations? I don't know. Uh, I saw our dear Stig giving out the lonely teenager at Last Order's vibes on social media, just begging for anyone to throw him a bit of feedback in the hopes of giving him a shred of relevance. At least the margarine equivalent of feeling relevant. So I'll take a rare case of pity on him. I mean, he seems so distraught after losing Eurovision again. He's going What? (laughs) (laughs) A title I will always remember failing to get my head around was Super Metroid. I must apologise because mm. the story is recycled from some feedback I sent to the Biggie nominated and Biggie losers Kane and Rince. I was captivated by Super Metroid. <laughs> this was not your standard runner and gunner. This was a remote planet you had to explore, memorise and unlock. It was spooky. There was a real sense of foreboding. If I was a bit older and not as fucking ugly, I would have known that um, the atmosphere of Zebes. I would have known that the atmosphere of Zebes had absorbed me in, with its masterful soundtrack and visuals and capturing a sense of isolation that gave birth to my first case of total immersion into another world. Mm. I remember this being the one game which I actually surrendered the controller to an older relative to help me during a boss mm. fight. The controls just completely eluded me. I desperately wanted to continue the story to further my adventure. But for those that know me, my ego, arrogance and pride knew no limits. I was ever so disgusted with myself. Eventually I had to turn off the console and return to Mega Man. Super Metroid had beaten me, but at least I could kick Dr. Wily's sexually harassed head as a toddler in cyan spandex. (laughs) But Super Metroid stayed with me. That world had a draw that I could not shake. The cartridge filled me with a sense of dread, and he's put in brackets, Every time I thought about putting it back into the snares, I remembered the frustration and embarrassment of not being able to conquer the game. Like most mental blocks, there was only one way through it. One wet and windy weekend a few years later, I finally mustered up the courage to return to the game. I just finished Donkey Kong Country 3, so the N64 must have only been around the corner, as that was one of my last purchases for the SNES. Useless information, but this is how I gauge time in, t- in childhood. Samus Aran had left her gunship and got ready for another crack at fulfilling her destiny. This time it stuck. Controls that escaped me previously suddenly felt natural. I could see the logic where the hidden walls and paths may be located. Enemy patterns showed themselves, and before long, weighed down with upgrades and covered in whatever liquid matter coursed through whichever sorry sucker that got in my way, I finally made it to the credits. A fantastic moment for Kitty Punk, an important life lesson that has been carried on to this day. If you ever get overwhelmed and think you aren't capable of something, go and play Super Metroid again. Then go sort out whatever fucking problem you need to. Lots of love, Debbie Punk, the what the fuck do you want cunt. P.S. I know Ireland didn't qualify. Jedward were busy washing each other's hair. P.P.S. Graham Norton was there, so you're welcome for that. <laughs> what is he on about? Eurovision. 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 Graham Norton sings in the Eurovision. No, he commentates on it <laughs> because Terry Wogan's not alive anymore. Terry Wogan's not alive. He retired. <laughs> He's I'm joking. Long retired. I yeah, I voted I in Eurovision last night, and um, I, when you phoned to vote, watched it, me. When you phone to vote, Graham Norton answered. Oh, it's obviously a pre-recorded thing, but it made me jump because I thought it actually was. I was very drunk <laughs> by this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell Did you what, look around in case you were in uh, Graham Norton's chair so he could flip you backwards? <laughs> oh, God, imagine. <laughs> no, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I've finished right, Metroid, Metroid twice. I, um, I back to Super game. Metroid, yeah. Just well, the first one was hard enough game. as well. The one of the NES. Yeah. I think the first one's way out. Super Metroid, I, I didn't complete it until I was a teenager. I played it as a kid, but as a te- mm. Fuck, that, I think, it, it sounds ageist this, but I think the older you are, the, the easier it is to grasp the concepts of it because it is an isolating game and stuff like that. And 
even though there is a map there, it's still. I mean, it, it birthed a genre, didn't it? So. I the one I remember getting stuck on, there's a particular part of the level where you have to wall jump, double jump up. There's that one where it's you have to very... do that super jump as well, and it's so different. Yeah, all the way you have to the keep button combinations off the oh, that just did my yeah. fucking head in. But I managed it's a good to do game, it, but yeah. I think the ones after after it, the the Game Boy Advance ones and stuff like that, I think they perfected it more. And obviously, Probably. Metroid Dread, fuck. Metroid Dread's the definitive. I was oh. I was talking to, talking to Zenos about this on Friday Friday night when I was hammered. And um, basically, we both came to the agreed conclusion that Metroid on the NES is one of those rare games that actively hates the player. <laughs> All NES games you to die. Do. NES games weren't easy, none of them. All NES games hate players. Just... Whereas Super Metroid is kind of like the refinement of the, yeah. <laughs> of the formula. Like, controls and make it are better, but it's still just as hard. Yeah, when I told my brother, like, I, I was, what, what we're doing this week, um, and the first game he said was all Metroid. Yeah, it's like solid, the first man. game he just said they could be, he struggled with was Metroid. It's fucking solid. Yeah. Metroid 2 was hard as well. And then they remade that. That's because it was on the Game Boy. Samus, Samus Returns, I think they called it when they re- yeah. remade it. It's still, the, the, they're quite difficult games when you think about it. A lot, lot harder than Castlevania, I think. Yeah. I mean, I mean Dread wasn't exactly easy. It was smooth. No, it weren't. It's not easy. <laughs> it weren't easy. No. Is that everything ribbon, then, that boss? From, uh, oh, yeah, that's everything. Matt from TCGS, the ribbon he got for the control system was funny as fuck. Well, that was fucking Why hilarious that, watching it. I don't oh, think he, the controls he, are bad. It's just complicated. Oh, he, <laughs> well, no, he couldn't get his head around the controls. Oh. You should, you should, you should go, back, go back and watch their live streams on it and watch him shouting at mother, the mother brain fight because he was losing his shit because he kept falling off the platforms. Mother brain was <laughs> difficult, man. Oh, no, the first phase, I mean, before game. you got into the... The first phase oh, right. before you get into the proper fight. first bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a tough game. I, w- I wouldn't ever shout at anyone for not being able to finish that. It's fucking rock hard. Is that everybody? It is, yeah. So, as always, you can find all the links in our show notes. Go on to modernescapism.co.uk and consider joining our patron. Next week, we are doing a concept episode. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a full house, so we've decided to have some fun. We're going to create our own gaming conferences, aren't we, Gadget? Can you explain yes. that, please? Well, it, the, the season is rapidly approaching us for what would have been E3 seasons. Now, summer, it's Jeff Keighley season, uh, <laughs> approaching quite rapidly. So, you know, we're, we're going to set up our, our own little conferences, you know, detail some guests, some games that we're going to announce that are probably entirely not real. Um, it's just going to be really, really fucking stupid. I'm and going to have uh, Chris Rock present the Will Smith Award. <laughs> <laughs> ME is going to be the new uh, E3. Yes, yeah. ME. Love it, Stig. I love it. I've so, yeah, we're going to do his own conference. So didn't think very hard on it, to be honest. <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got ideas, <laughs> listeners, you know where to fire them. And for our patrons, we'll see you in the green room in a second. But for everyone else... This has been an episode. Good night. Thanks for not spending money.
every time, Biggie, you wave. They're not watching this bit. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can wave to us, though. And I've got a massive gash. A massive gash. A massive gash. A massive gash. A massive gash.